Hi, Peggy. Hi, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Are you? Good. Are you ready for episode seven? Ready as ever. Okay. Well, we are Gardens and Plants, professional garden communicators who share what is happening in the world of plants and gardening in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My name is Peggy Riccio, owner of pegplant.com, an online resource for gardening in the area. I'm a horticulturist and I live in Northern Virginia. And my name is Terry Spate, owner of cottageinthecourt.com, a website and blog where I share all things beautiful in the garden, from the places I visit, highlighting my favorite plants, books I'm reading, and more. And I live in Maryland. And together we are Gardens and Plants. Every two weeks we'll be sharing what is happening in the D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia and Maryland suburbs. This is a great opportunity to mark your calendars for events to learn about plants and gardening and to learn about public gardens and nurseries to visit in this area. So Terry, what's going on in your garden? Well, I hope you have a cup of tea. I have tulips, tulips, and tulips. And honestly, Peggy, normally the deer have gotten my tulips, but for some odd reason, my tulips have survived and I've got pictures to prove it. Um, one of my roses, at last, which is a proven winner's rose, has three buds that are waiting for Etta James to come and start singing. I'm so excited about this rose. Um, Renee seeds, window box, sweet pea seeds. They're not the most current of seeds, but I put them in a pot and they're showing their butts and popping through the soil. <laughs> so it just goes to show you, don't throw away your old seeds sow them you never know the the gift that happens when they actually germinate is amazing it kind of makes them like most seniors you just never know about us um, my tomato seedlings from renaissance farms have their second sets of leaves and i know i planted mine late only because i've got so much prep work to do in the garden um, and i did not want the plants to be sitting around for any longer than they had to. And the weather was also a little iffy there for a minute. So I'm good. I don't mind putting mine in at the end of May because I'm a little cooler than you are. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, yeah. My yarrow um, is totally butterlicious. And I realized um, I'm not in love with my Kwanzaa cherry tree. You're not? No. <laughs> Why not? I love Yoshino. I, it just... The, the the bloom itself is wonderful, but it is not the thriller in my life. Now, my Yoshino cherry trees are sacred. I love the bark, the leaf, the bloom. I love the tree. But the Kwanzaa is just kind of like, mm, eh, I'm not excited. So what, are you going to keep it, though, or what are you going to do about it? I'm debating with me at the moment about, <laughs> about the status. <laughs> yeah, I'm debating the status of her existence in my garden um, because she's still young. Well, you know, see, but, you know, I'm one of these people where if I take, especially with trees, if I take a tree out, I'm going to plant another tree. Well, so... You know, you, you take one, you give one. It's kind of a replacement. So I'm not sure what's happening yet. But, you know, now that I am um, 
on this uh, unexpected pausing, unanticipated pausing. Um, I've had time to really look at it and <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of thinking about writing up a pink slip. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in your garden, Peggy? Well, I know what you mean. The more time you're in the garden, the more you look at it and you say, uh-uh, I'm getting rid of that one. You know, that mm-hmm. one's not working for yeah. me. And you have the time to do yeah. it. I do that myself. So I'm, you know, yeah. as you know, I'm really into the edibles. So I'm, I've sowed the cilantro and the arugula and the kale and the spinach. They're all up now. And mm-hmm. um, the peas, of course, are up. And I've been hardening off the tomato transplants. And uh, let's see, I've also started seeds of melon, cardinal climber, hyacinth bean, cypress vine. And in my garden, of course, the azaleas are blooming now. Um, Wow. Yeah. The daffodils are done. The hyacinths are done. The irises are done. It's really going very fast. All of a sudden, it's going to be summer and it's going to be hot. But so so much is going on in the garden right now. And of course, you know, I'm just... I'm sowing all my seeds. And for me, I use, I just do a lot of sowing seeds and transplanting and moving things around because I have the time now, but also when I deal in quantity, then, you know, if it doesn't turn out or if they don't all germinate, then I don't get my feelings hurt, you know, so I don't take yeah, it to heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, you, did you mention, are you growing any roselle? Yeah, I am growing roselle too. It And... Is it easy to germinate? What are you going to do with it afterwards? Yeah, it's very easy to germinate. And my seeds are Thai roselle. um, And then I actually grow it in a container in full sun. And it grows up. And then when it blooms, what you're doing is you're harvesting the red calyx, which is very um, thick. And you harvest that. And you can dry it. You can use it fresh. And you make tea with that. It's sweet. And it's red. You can make a drink out of it. Yeah, I remember Ira Wallace um, was telling me about it when we at the Garden Bloggers Fling. Um, is that where your seed is from? Right, that's where I get it from. And I've learned to get the her Thai roselle, not just any roselle, because it, it's a tropical plant and needs a long growing season. And we have just that amount of months here for it to mature because it has to flower and everything before it gets cold in October. Okay. Okay. And how tall are your plants now? Oh, well, they're not other. I just started them indoors under light. So right now they're probably only six inches tall. Eventually they'll be like four feet tall. Oh, okay. And what color is the bloom? They're red and it's like growing an okra plant. That's what it looks like. Oh, mm, okay. I'm going to have to see if I have any more of that seed left. Um, I remember I started it, but then life got busy and then I started traveling. So I didn't finish that thought, but I, I've got time this year. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't you know, have this seed, is... <laughs> I'll look and see if I got some to send you if you don't have it. But uh, definitely get it from them because they've got that Thai version that works best in our area here. Right, and that's Southern Exposure. Right, Southern Exposure Seed Exchange. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, okay. Uh, did we just do a seed swap on, on, on the air? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> we just did a virtual <laughs> seed swap. Hey, because everything is, uh, so much stuff is virtual right now, Peggy. It's amazing. It's amazing. But you, had, you, you brought up a question. We were talking uh, about invasive plants. What's the invasive plant that you would tell people not to plant right now? 
Well, a long time ago, when my kids were little, I thought it would be cute to have an Elizabeth plant and a Peter plant to name them after my kids. So I found an Elizabeth mm-hmm. plant and I planted it. And it's a bell flower. It's Campanula it, called Elizabeth. And it actually is a very mm-hmm. beautiful bell, purple bell shaped flower in the spring. It is a very beautiful flower, but it spreads so badly. I wish I never planted it. It's mm-hmm. just so invasive and it's just, I keep pulling it and you can't really get rid of it because it just spreads by these underground roots you know and i just keep pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and it's it's there it's it's gone all over the place Hmm. so how what are you going to do with it there's nothing i can do i just keep pulling it every spring and the best time to pull a weed is after it rains and the ground is soft and uh, mm-hmm. so I just keep pulling it. I'll never get rid of it because it also gets intertwined with some plants like with the ornamental grasses. Um, right. And another one that I planted for my kids, of course, was the balloon flower because they like to pop it, you know, when it's about mm-hmm. to, when it's about to open up, it's kind of inflated and it's, you can pop it and it makes a popping sound and they had a, got a kick out of it when they were young, but that has also gotten all over the place. I wish I'd never planted that one. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the platycodon one. Um, and it's it's a pretty plant. It's just, it just goes all over the place. Hmm. Of course, I have a pot of that sitting that I was going to put in. Maybe we'll just put that in a spot where it can just have its way. Maybe that's what I'll do. Um, when I think of invasives, there's two at the top of my list. And a third one um, presented itself to me on, when I came back from walking precious. The first one I would think about is euonymus. My neighbors had a tree and the euonymus grew up that tree. And every spring I have to pull euonymus out of my yard. Well, the birds, when they poop euonymus seeds, you have euonymus in places you never even thought you were going to have euonymus. The tree has been gone for three years, but some of the euonymus is still around. And every time I look at my garden, I I know the leaf now like poison ivy. And I just pluck it out. So after rain is a great time. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is one, oh my goodness, it's here, there, and everywhere. Another one is miscanthus. Miscanthus is one that I even remember from my Fredericksburg days. Uh, Mary Washington Hospital had planted a hillside of miscanthus <laughs> and there was miscanthus everywhere. Um, if you allow it to go to seed, you're going to have a problem. Right. Um, I have a client um, in Virginia that um, he thinks it's great because he doesn't have to buy any more plants. But I really had to mention to him last year, you know what? We need to start cutting the seed heads off in November. Um, You can still have the movement of the foliage as the season changes into winter because it really does look pretty in the wintertime to me, especially whenever we get a little bit of snow. But in the spring, it's like if I leave my car sitting there too long, there's a miscanthus baby in the driver's seat. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so I just, you know, and one in particular uh, is called Marjorie. I thought it would be great to have a nice, uh, and that one is a penicetum. Uh, I'm going to totally wreck this name, Allopercoides. Mm-hmm. And it's low and it has a dark bloom. The bloom on it is gorgeous for an ornamental grass. But I know I dug up 
the Marjorie that I had in front of my greenhouse when my greenhouse was up in the back. And I know that I put it in a bag and discarded it. I didn't even want it in my compost. And when I was out in the garden the other day, there's two plants and I didn't put them in the walkway. So that seed is still there. And I know I dug that up two years ago. Yeah. And people don't realize that these plants, they take up your valuable real estate so that you can't plant yeah. another plant that you do want to plant there. So you got to exactly. Get yeah. And the third one, I don't, you might remember this um, when maybe not when the garden uh, writers went on the Buffalo garden walk um, there was one uh, lady, she's a hosta. She has hostas and her garden is beautiful. And she had the most well-tamed ginger ever. I think it was a Canadian ginger um, because I thought, oh, I love the leaf. It was well-formed. It was, it was very, very tight. Meanwhile, my ginger, I looked at the base of a hosta this morning and it was like, why are you there? It is nowhere near where the other patch of ginger is. Hmm. Yeah. So ginger walks. Um, I think it was the Canadian one. They said does not walk. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do before the weekend is go out and take some of my ginger and move it to the side yard where it's shady. Right. um, Because it's a semi-shady part where it is now. And I've got some gaps, and I'm going to let the ginger have her way. I'd rather have ginger than Pacassandra. Right, that's true. You know? So those are my three things that is like, no, um, I don't think I want those anymore. Right, and there's also ivy, too. That's also, a lot of people have ivy, and that's very uh, invasive, and it just puts all over the place. Yeah. And ivy, so the the ivy with the yellow streak in the middle, Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous, but not in your yard. It's gorgeous in a magazine. (laughs) Right. The only good thing about ivy is you can cut it and you could put it like in a floral arrangement or something like that in in the house, you know. So that's one way Mm -hmm. to keep it in control is just use it for a floral arrangement. And with that, you can grow it in a pot. Right, right. Or borrow from a neighbor that doesn't know any better. But yeah, Ivy. Mm. No way, no way, no way. So what kind of events are uh, you hearing about? So much stuff has been postponed or canceled. But I'm seeing a lot of things on Facebook and it's um, they pop up on Facebook and they're so quick that I share them on my page. But, um, for example, uh, all of a sudden, Dr. Alan Armitage, who's in uh, Georgia, he was going to be doing a virtual tour of his personal garden and talk about his plants. So I attended that on Saturday and it was short. It was like, it's like 30 minutes or something like that. It was all of a sudden there it is on Facebook live, you know, and that was really cool. And as you know, he's famous for wearing the hat and he's, um, he's, uh, he's very uh, popular in the gardening world because he's, um, He's a professor, and he really knows his plants. And we often see him at Mance in January. Mm-hmm. But it's things mm-hmm. like that just kind of just pop up. And But if you want to plan, the Master Gardeners of Northern Virginia are still doing their webinars. So they now have a list of them on their website that you can join on. Um, they've learned how to use Zoom, so that's good. And then mm-hmm. um, what else? Uh, other people are doing things like... Um, Katie, uh, uh, what's her last name? Katie DeBow. 
Yes. Yeah, she's doing one uh, every day at one o'clock. She has a grow it segment at one o'clock on Facebook, and she has prominent guests on her shows. So that's Mm -hmm. really good. The U.S. Botanic Mm -hmm. Garden is now starting to make some of their events virtual. And on Saturday, April the 25th, Marta McDowell, who's a GardenCon member, is author of All the President's Gardens book. And she's going to be talking about that as an online lecture, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, that should be really good. Right. Wow. Yeah, virtual seems to be the way to go, um, especially during this time of uh, unanticipated pausing. Um, We're having our first Prince George's County Master Gardener meeting via Zoom this week. And I'm excited about that because so many times I have to rush into the meeting after sitting in traffic, leaving work on time. And, you know, we have no control over traffic here in D.C. But having this meeting via Zoom, I won't be late. That's true. You won't be late. <laughs> and it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna open up an, a whole new way of communicating and getting the message out. And maybe at the end of the day, um, when we're finished with this period of unanticipated pausing, perhaps maybe at least once or twice a year they will hold a virtual meeting. Because I guarantee you, it's gonna be easier. It's better for the environment because we won't be in our cars. Um, and while we won't see each other, I'm not saying every meeting, but maybe once or twice a year, a virtual meeting is a good idea. Another thing that I did was, um, Kim Roman, she's one of our uh, fellow garden Com members and she uh, has gone virtual. She is teaching a square foot gardening session and more online. Now I interviewed her on my other podcast, Cottage in the Court, and I'm going to sign up for her classes. They're priced right. I'm always reading and taking classes to learn more about things that I'm passionate about. Um, years ago, when I was in Fredericksburg, um, I did square foot gardening in my own yard, and I had Mel Bartholomew's first book. However, Kim is a certified instructor from the new square foot gardening method. And we just had a great conversation talking about Doctari, which was a show on TV. You might be too young to know about that, Peggy. Um, But she went to a foreign country and lived her dream. Um, And then this year in her square foot garden, she's going to grow an Anne Arundel melon in two squares. Now, if you don't know anything about square foot gardening, that's not going to mean much to you. But square foot, kind of more or less 12 by 12 by 12 by 12. And she's going to grow a melon. Normally melons sprawl. She's going to grow this in two squares. So if you're interested in learning more about square foot gardening, uh, you can reach Kim at, uh, at her square foot gardening email. S as in Sam, F as in Frank, G as in George, Kim Roman at yahoo.com. She has a class tomorrow morning at 10. And if you go on her website, um, you will see all the things that she has uh, happening. Um, another thing was I wrote an article about my peony party that's going on in my front yard. Do you grow peonies, Peggy? Yes, I have a couple. You have tree peonies or herbaceous? I have a tree peony and several herbaceous peonies right now. Well, there's a tree peony party happening in my front yard. Um, and 
it's amazing. It is absolutely beautiful. I also checked at the, what I call the Cottage in the Court Overwinter Onsite Garden Center, um, where I collect things at the end of the season. And I realized I have two pink lemonade blueberry bushes. So I've got to get those in the ground or pot it up. Um, in the wintertime, a lot of times I run out of time. And the garden center has those specials you can't turn down. So when I bring them home, if I can't get them in the ground, I put them, nestle them right up close to the front of my house so that they can get the heat from the house so their roots won't freeze and they still benefit from the winter sun. I haven't lost a plant yet, knock on wood somewhere, but um, it's wonderful. It's kind of like a gift to myself. A, I got it on sale and B, as the season changes and the foliage starts popping out um, and the, the lemonade, uh, pink lemonade blueberry bushes have a distinct foliage. It's really, really pretty. Um, so it's kind of like my teaser. So I kind of watch it to make sure it's like, oh, I know what that is. And it, it just brings me joy. It makes me all giddy inside. Uh, simple pleasures do that to me. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, Peggy, what do you know that's coming up? Um, Ledoux canceled their um, little spring garden party. I was really looking forward to that in May. That's not happening. Um, but what else do you know that's going on? And then I'll share two things that I found out that are cool. Well, I'm hearing that a lot of people who are having, you know, the events that they would have had in the spring, they're just rescheduling till fall. Like the American Horticulture Society has their spring plant sale in April, and they're just going to reschedule to the fall. So I think the fall is going to be really, really busy. I mean, I just mm. we're just every weekend is going to be so full of things, people catching up and everything. Um, the so the online stuff that I mentioned before is what I know is going to be happening soon. And like, I mean, I think people are starting to realize we're in here for the long haul. So like. You and I are members of the National Capital Area Garden Club. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're what is it, district capital for you or capital district for you? Mm-hmm. And then mine is um, Camelot. And so, so the president of the National Capital Area Garden Club just did a presentation that was online with Paul Tukey at Glenstone. And that was on, yeah, that was on Facebook. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying is if you go on Facebook, you're going to start seeing all this stuff popping up. Um, and then meanwhile, the um, I, I, I try to watch things online, but then I'm also able to spend a lot more time out. And so I'm still I'm sowing seeds of things that are that I would not have normally do like tropical things like I was in Florida last year and I sowed um, I'm sowing seeds of the butterfly pea and the silk orchid tree and ornamental rice. And these are things I'm just trying for the first time. I've never done it before, but I have the time now. And then mm-hmm. um, the other thing is that I just found out that there's a new kind of ornamental sweet potato where the top part is ornamental, but then it actually produces the sweet potato tuber. It's one plant. And usually you don't have that in one plant and they're called treasure mm-hmm. island sweet potatoes. So I wrote about that. And the other thing um, is that as I'm growing and doing things in the garden, I'm also posting more little like short videos on social media about them. It's sort of like mm-hmm. a way of educating, but it's just a one 
it's less than a minute. It's got probably 15 seconds, just one singular tip or thought to convey the message. Because yeah. so many people are starting the garden now, and they're going to have a lot of questions as, as the summer starts. They're going to start mm-hmm. having questions because it's like, oh, now what? You know, what's eating my leaves? Or when right. do I fertilize this? Or when do I cut this back? Or when do I harvest this? There's going to be a tremendous amount of questions from people. And I think that we as garden communicators can educate them. And so we're going to see a whole lot more learning online, virtual learning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's the benefit um, as garden communicators. That's what we're supposed to be doing anyway, edu- helping to educate the public. And it can be in the basic thing because some people, you know, especially with this this interest in victory gardens and gardening period, <clears throat> some people are just like, I'm going to go outside. I'm just going to have this huge garden. Pause. Think about what you're doing. Because when you put that trowel in the soil, you're making a commitment to Mother Earth. And you should follow through on that commitment like everything else that we do. So... Having someone show 15 seconds of what it's going to look like. What does the seed look like? Well, how does she do that? How do you tie up a tomato plant? Do you tie it tight? Do you leave it loose? You know, what else can you use? Should you put a, a tomato cage around? These are questions, just general questions that might seem elementary to some, but to others, it could be a really big help. And like people don't, they're starting all their tomatoes, but they don't, they're like, don't plant them outside yet or it's going to have really cold temperatures. You know, and today we had these horrible storms. We had hail and everything. So, yeah. I mean, so I just want people to be aware that, you know, it's great to grow your own food, but just be aware that it, it's not instant and you're going to be learning other facets of it, like fertilizing or tying up or, or pruning or whatever, you know, you have right. a lot more right. to learn. It's deeper right. than you think. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, it, but it's fun. But just it's do it fun. and it's fun. Yes. It's fun. It's a learning process. That's what I'm saying. It's a learning process and it's fun. And, yeah. it, and if it doesn't work out, it's not because you failed. You didn't do anything wrong. There's just more learning to do. Right, right. And and that's the beauty of it. Did, did I tell you um, I was in Oregon this week? No, really? Well, virtually I was. Oh. <laughs> uh, this week I explored um, Oregon. And I went uh, on a website called escapehere.com because there's so many gardens that are offering virtual tours. So um, there's a Japanese garden in Oregon and I just kind of sat back and uh, had the best time. It, it was, I, I got in my, my indoor voice because they ask you to be quiet in the Japanese garden, but it was so cool. I was not aware that Oregon had a Japanese garden like that. It was a great private short tour. Um, I've always known about Oregon wine, but not the gardens. So I've got to find a way to either curate a great garden tour in Oregon and experience some wineries while I'm there or just see what else Oregon has to offer. I know there's farmland there, but I'm sure there's other things. Um, And uh, I just want to encourage people, uh, while some events have been postponed and or canceled, utilize this downtime. Go online and have a great garden adventure of your own, near or far, staying on top of what's green and growing 
and where it might inspire you to do something new and different in your own garden. That's what it's all about. Right. It's really just about learning and experiencing and having fun and eventually eating the tomato. Exactly. (laughs) Either eating the tomato or (laughs) when we're able to move about freely, get a ticket and go there in real life. You know, Um, when you really think about it, when you do a virtual tour of a garden, your computer is your ticket. That's true. You know, you don't have to pack a lunch. You can have your lunch right there. Cup of tea, glass of wine, whatever. But your computer is your ticket to seeing what else is out there. Because in the garden, there's always something happening. You, but you got to go there to see it. But because we can't move about freely, we can bring the garden to us. Right. We can bring the garden to us and then we can also start gardening in our own properties, even in containers or whatever, and learn about it online. This is a, perf- this is a right. great time to learn about it online. That's right. Well, this was fun. Yes, it was. Yeah. So we'll, maybe we'll next, talk again next in, time two I'll tell you. in two weeks. Maybe next time I'll tell you about my um, grass clipping heist. <laughs> All the ways that you can add to your compost pile. <laughs> I was successful. I'll put like, we'll leave it there. <laughs> okay, that'll be the theme for next time. We'll talk about composting and how to find things to add to your compost pile. So tune in to listen to us in two weeks and visit our websites for more detailed information at pegplant.com and cottageinthecourt.com. We're also very active on social media. You can find me at pegplant and Terry at Cottage in the Court. Our podcast is available on eight platforms, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Overcast. Both Terry and I have links to this episode on our websites. Goodbye for now, and remember, there's always something happening in the garden. Bye-bye. Bye.